0: hello there you're listening to the watson's daily podcast with me peter watson on wednesday the 28th of september today i am joined by michael Cowalde, who is a watson's daily ambassador hi there michael how are you doing
1: today hi peter i'm very good thank you how are you yeah very very good.
0: Um, amidst all the horrendous nightmare <laughs> there is going out on out there at the moment, um, what, uh, what story yeah. did you uh, pick out from today's Watson's Daily?
1: Yeah, so today I felt like I had too much to choose from, but I narrowed it down to just one. And uh, okay. I went with um, Zabeto, um, which uh, basically wants to, it says, expand globally um and just just for background context uh zabeto is a um pop and fashion focused metaverse platform it 's a very very unique Oh yeah um mm-hmm. it's it's very large across the uh, asia pacific as you can imagine um and it's currently mm-hmm. valued at around um one billion it has attracted around three hundred forty million users since it launched in twenty eighteen mm-hmm. um yep. And what's interesting about it is that unlike rivals, it is dominated by young female users. And presumably, I think that is because it is more focused on K-pop and fashion. So mm-hmm. um, in the headline, it says the beta wants to really expand globally into the US and Europe and try to compete with big tech companies like Metaverse and Microsoft that are already investing billions. You mean into- Sorry,
0: you mean meta platforms, right?
1: Sorry, Meta, Meta. Sorry, Meta. Meta right. and Microsoft. Yeah, yeah Meta yeah. Microsoft. Not investing yeah. billions into the metaverse already. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the the question is, you know, does does the better have a chance of uh, competing on such a global scale with these big big tech companies? And mm-hmm. I, and I I think I have like two thoughts here really. Um, you know, I think on on the one hand, it, it it could because it's done quite well for itself so far. It has been Mm. able to monetize um, its audiences by offering users the chance to really customize their avatars and to trade millions of items and create their own Mm. virtual worlds. Mm. Uh, I think it's also really cool because you can buy appliances, even like Samsung appliances, that you then buy for your virtual home. Um, And you can go around with your avatar, driving cars. Um, and i think th- i think it's really cool because also the um, the company zabeto has entered into partnerships with um really big brands um like nike and gucci and it has mm-hmm. entered into an ip partnership with disney so taking all that into consideration it really does make me think that zabeto going into the us and europe it really has got potential to grow and outcompete uh, other rivals Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting in that sense. But um, what I was talking to you about earlier is, is I, I still have got a bit of doubts because yes, K-pop is massive um, and, and so it can attract a lot of audience. But I do, my, my simple thought is that the, the user base is a bit too narrow. It's towards young uh, people and in particular young female. I think that that is great. Um, And I think that they are on the right track, but if they are going to keep growing and actually try to compete with the big tech companies, they need to find a way of growing with their current young users so that Mm. they can adapt and and continue to enable them to engage with them, even though they get older and become adults. Um, Mm. So I think for that reason, they need to find a way and really just try to innovate Uh, I also think that they can try to monetize more through advertising because I don't think that's Mm. currently their model. And I think, you know, they are at the end of the day, they're not just a gaming platform. They're also a social network. So think of them as being like TikTok, Instagram. So monetizing through advertising is important. Mm. Um, And, and really, I think just like one last thing I wanted to quite, you know, just touch on is, is uh, as, as, as we see big companies like Zabetta growing into the metaverse, it, it, it is quite concerning because of the, the, um, the, I think the effect it could have on children. How, are you, how, how mm. can we protect children from seeing, um, you know, harmful contents or inappropriate, um, advertising, um, uh, et So I think mm. that we need to see regulation around that before the metaverse becomes such a huge thing. Cause whilst it's exciting, it's very, uh, it's very much scary at the same time. Mm. um, and so i think that usually the regulators are are too slow to act, to act and i think mm. i'm worried the same thing will happen here again um and and i think that w- another thing we need to really focus on is try to develop artificial intelligence that can help and um, put in um effective protections to to uh, prevent children from being harmed in the metaverse in some way but yeah what 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 do you think about what I have covered uh, so far Peter
0: Yeah I think you make some extremely valid points I mean I think that obviously the metaverse is a very exciting <clears throat> uh, development um that we're seeing I mean every now and again we see flashes of 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 it usually um involving Mark Zuckerberg um, dodgy avatar, avatars and and you know um, yeah meta platforms in general um but i i quite i quite like this um Zepetto, because i think there's a few things that it has that others don't perhaps uh, one is um one is the fact that it is um uh it, it you know it has a niche you know, it's not too broad. Yes, it may be a bit too niche at the moment, um, but I think that it's I think if you start with a niche and then you slowly maybe add other ones, I think that you tend you won't dilute the brand yeah. whereas um i think and and the other thing as well that it has is that it or or rather doesn't have is it doesn't have the baggage that say facebook stroke meta platforms has mm. because the whole reason for facebook changing its name to meta platforms although they um they probably won't offic- um, say it officially but is they want to disassociate themselves from the past and you know negative connotations of facebook and and what happens with your data and all that kind of stuff yeah um you know so um so i think that they they come at it from a a clean a cleaner position mm. and um what is also interesting as well is um I, i'm sort of trying to think of a good way of explaining this is more k-pop yes it it obviously it does appeal um predominantly to a more youthful audience but in a way if you're looking at it in terms of of age it's got more of a sort of vertical appeal in the sense that there will be fans you know at different at different ages as well and it means that maybe you can hang on to these people for longer whereas it seems to me like i mean facebook is a particularly good example of this is that it did well enough to grab the young people when it um you know that it did when it started and it's held on to a lot of those people as they've got older and their uh, personal circumstances have changed and I'm definitely one of these people however um what it has failed to do is to backfill the um you know the the sort of jet the generations behind with more facebook now yes it it, you know it's backfilled to some extent with um with instagram but i think for a channel to you know or a um a platform to do well it needs to have you know this appeal that can take people you know from say you know through all the ages potentially but i mean you know i think it is very interesting i think that um, it's 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 in you know it's obviously in developments. Um, it's yeah. it's not like other platforms, so it gives there's more reasons to actually use it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it is also it's not just a K-pop focused Metaverse platform; it's also a fashion focused one. Mm. So I think you know with that fashion part as well, you can find ways of making it so that it attracts all the generations as well to to mm. really user base i think it's important if they're going to compete with the big tech companies Mm. um so that's something to consider and i I think it's really cool how how they have partnerships with like gucci nike because these are big brands that will attract Mm. more users uh, and potentially even other people as well people who Mm. like to buy uh, nice luxury items in in, in a virtual world
0: Mm. yeah it is it is amazing and and the the demand is there Because I remember, and and God, this is years ago, years and years ago. But um, there was this this thing called, I think it was called Second Life or something, which created something like a metaverse. It's a virtual world. You could make your own avatar and you will, yeah, and and that's basically, yeah. So, you you know, you'd have your own avatar and um, you would interact in this virtual world. And I remember at the time people saying, well, what's the point of that? You know, you're just, you know, you're in the real world. Why not? Why not interact in the real world? You know, it's too much of a reflection. It will never catch on. But here we are years later. Admittedly, it's a long time later, but we're talking about it again. But I think that now, you know, you've got digital currencies, you've got people used to buying virtual things. I mean, I know we're going again, sorry, going off on a bit of a tangent here, but I remember, you know when i was sort of um you know when i was um uh, broking uh, for, you know stock broking and I used to visit I used to go and visit loads of, of companies um, and then I would try and see whether I thought that they were worth investing in. And then I, I, you know, then phone clients and then say, hey, have you thought about this company? This is really good. You know, have you thought of buying shares in there. And I remember there was one Japanese um, gaming company that I went to visit uh, in Roppongi, which is kind of a, the nightclub kind of district of, uh, of of tokyo and i remember going in there and we were talking it was a very young ceo and um and you know he was explaining to me how um sales so they they were doing they had this game at the time which was a fishing game right and um you could buy like virtual fishing rods like a, a carbon fiber virtual fishing rod so it didn't exist for this game, that would enable you to fish better somehow, mm-hmm. um, and these things were going for like six hundred yen ago, which I think at the time was like, I don't know three quid or something anyway. And I remember thinking it was amazing because at the same time, um, the 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 um, convenience stores um, were selling bento boxes. And bentos, you know, usually create, have loads of different types of food. They're way, way better than sandwiches and things over here. Loads of stuff. And um, you couldn't, they couldn't sell them for 600. They have to lower the price to like 500 or 400. And I was thinking, why is it that people are willing to spend 600 yen on a virtual carbon fiber, you know, fishing rod that doesn't exist? And yet they won't spend 600 yen on a... Mm on a bento that's going to benefit benefit them through the day. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, but times have changed and people do like that. And it's all part of the enhancing the whole online experience, isn't it? So, um, so from that point of view, um, I think that it is, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's good to know that there are other, you know, the other parties out there. I do think um, though, uh, again, then touching on another point that you made, I feel that there is an element of it being the Wild West out there, the metaverse. There's just, there's just, it's a vast expanse of nothingness. Um, And I think I would like, I would hope, although I don't think it's going to happen that, um, you know, uh, regulators and things will have learned from what happens if you don't do anything. um, uh, And, and and maybe tries to come in early and, and remain ahead of, Um, the developments and perhaps puts in some sort of framework that can that can protect people and especially children as you mentioned yeah Um, but i don't know whether they will because they're already stretched as they are and they're you much um you know they they don't have the resources of a of a of a big um you know of a big tech company so i doubt it will happen i hope it would but i doubt it will but you never know
1: and that's why I was saying, I think it's the big tech companies. They have a duty to ensure they can protect children um, mm. in whatever way they can, even if that means developing the artificial intelligence that can do just mm. that, because the regulators just do not have the resources, as you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's, it's such an interesting subject and we'll see more and more about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, moving moving on to something else exciting, which is one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> one of my favourite topics is Neo. That's spelt N-I-O. Uh, it's a Chinese um, electric vehicle manufacturer. It uh, makes pretty good, you know, good looking cars. Um, the uh, unique selling point of of Neo uh, cars is that they have swappable batteries. So um, what that means is is that um, in China, for instance, they have these charging stations uh what happens is they they look a bit or a rough I, th- I believe they're roughly the same size as a like a shipping container type thing uh and you go in and let's say it's a service area service station you drive in um and they you know jack your car up um and then they unscrew the battery that you've got in your car um un- from underneath and then they put another one in um take you down and then you're re- you're good to go and um, that happens in less than five minutes, I believe. And that is quicker than what, you know, how long it takes now um, to fill your car up at a, a sta- at a you know, at a garage, which mm. I think is absolutely amazing. I also think it's, it's pretty incredible for a number of other reasons. One is that uh, apparently a third of the cost of an average electric vehicle, is is the battery mm. now in some countries where where um this is available what people some people do is they will either buy the car and the battery or they will buy the car and they will pay like a monthly amount for the batteries and if they do the latter um it means they can buy the car cheaper yeah. and i think that that is amazing for you know mass adoption um and I just like the idea of of swapping batteries because I think you know if your battery isn't that good, it doesn't matter because the next one you get will be fine, you know. And the other thing as well, you you'd hope um, that these these charging stations they can monitor the health of the batteries, and if then if they're faulty, then they can just hopefully recycle them more more easily. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think there are lots of um, Positives um, about it, and um, the the story that I mentioned in in uh, in Watson's Daily today was about the fact that they are trying to expand in in Europe, uh, and they find that um, their progress is being um, is falling short of expectations. Yeah. They're saying it's to do with delayed planning permission and energy price problems and things. Anything else they can blame, um, but you know, ultimately, um, I think that. It's a very interesting technology. um, And I think that a lot of electric vehicle manufacturers seem to have dismissed it. I mean, Tesla has famously dismissed the, um, uh, you know, the, the concept of swappable batteries. But I would argue that, you know, what we've seen in terms of commodity prices, but also availability of raw materials, um, like cobalt like lithium etc they really aren't all that easy to get and they're getting harder to get now um only something like isn't it i think something like 5% of the world's um, uh, vehicles are electric so if it's this bad now what's it going to be like when it's hits 30 40 50 60% you mm. know it's going to be a whole new other ball game so that's why i think that all other technologies needs to be looked at seriously because it seems to me that we are putting all our eggs in one basket on a technology that's essentially a couple of well i think it's a couple of decades old i mean it's it's better than it was but it's still kind of the same principles so you know we need to put more um effort into hydrogen fuel cells um and and you know yes you know if you are going to do lithium ion batteries then why not you know, why not do swappable batteries, you know? So, but what yeah. do you think? That's a yeah. bit of a rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think I, I really do agree with a lot of the points that you made. Um, I think it's really innovative technology. The fact that you can just swap the battery mm. saves you so much time. Instead of mm. parking your car and trying to charge up um, and waiting, I don't know, a few hours mm. or I don't know how long, you literally just swap it and you're off. You're on your way. It's yeah. Just, it could be even quicker than charging your petrol car right now so mm. it, it is really impressive but i think mm. it's unfortunate because a lot of these um companies like tesla they're all mm. investing in the in, in lithium iron and they're focused on it they're putting patents into it and mm. they're fighting each other um about it mm. uh, and and i feel like because they've invested so much into that area the lithium iron they don't want to admit that this different technology may be more efficient maybe better Mm. And for that reason, it's kind of hindering the growth, it's hindering innovation. Mm. Um, it is a bit of an issue from that sense. Um, so I think it's interesting. I hope it grows, because I really mm. like the technology, but I don't know how quickly that will happen because of what I've just said, really. Mm. Um and and it's interesting that NEO has been having planning permission problems. Um I think that I think that they they, they will struggle because it maybe is more um difficult across Europe. Um, to get planning permission, than it is in, for example, China or some other countries in Asia. Mm. Um, so it's something to consider. Um, and, and I think even even if um, Neo grows across the um, the EU and, and the UK, one thing that is at the back of my mind is: will will consumers actually um, trust them? Because mm. it is it is a Chinese company, and and mm. I think people sometimes prefer going with the US car maker. Or the mm. European car maker. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thought. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's uh you know it's it's another another great topic that's going to continue to evolve. Um, and we'll we'll just have to see. You know, we'll obviously we'll try and continue to um, monitor the progress there. Yeah. So um, I think that um, we've got to unfortunately we've got to finish there uh, because it's it's yeah. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I could talk about this all day it's re- it's really good you know yeah <laughs> um but i just got to mention a few things um before we go one um is that um if you don't know or if you don't know i'm not aware of this already um i'll be doing a lot of work um over the last couple of years with um the commercial law academy um with um jake shogger and um so what we've done we've got more you know we are um going to be doing more uh, adventures together and you'll see um you know in today's watson's daily there's a there's a new kind of offer uh, that is available to people so you have a have a look at that um we will be launching something uh quite fun soon so uh look out um you know please keep an eye on our our social um uh our, you know our, our social channels and then the third thing is um, is that uh, we did and you may you may well know this as, as a listener um, that I did a special edition with him in fact I recorded it yesterday uh, on commercial awareness so um, for those of you who don't know what it is or kind of or think you know what it is but not quite sure um, what we do is we talk in in that uh, podcast about um, you know what it is why it's important and how you can uh, get better at it and why it's so useful. It, it really is. Um, so we talk about it and, um, you know, hopefully that, that is useful to you, but I, I'm i doing that. You know, we did that now because we're kind of entering the season where there's lots of commercial awareness competitions. And, you know, I know um, some listeners are, uh, you know, in, in application cycles. So this is an important thing for them. So, so anyway, so just a few things there um as always if you don't um if you don't subscribe to watson's daily why not uh but please do uh because it is useful i mean we talk about generally two stories mainly every day um but you know for instance today there's 15 stories in watson's daily and the thing is you need to have a broad um you know understanding of all different stories in able in order to be able to see what the trends are so um if you don't already please do consider subscribing you can Try it for seven days for free, um, and then yeah. But uh, other than that, I'd say just dive right in. It's worth it's dive right in. The waters the waters <laughs> warm. <laughs> anyway, on that cheesy note, um, I'll leave there. But anyway, thank you very much, Michael. Thank very you. interesting discussion today. Um, thank you very much um, for uh, listeners for listening. Hope you have a great day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Many thanks. thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.